These are fun, off-the-cuff discussions on movies and streaming series, both new and old. Together, we'll attempt to bridge the gap between Hollywood Industry Insider and the casual viewer. This is Alec. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to the Cinema A to B Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Alec. I'm Ben. And this is Cinema A to B with Alec and Ben, hence the A to B. So, you know. That's how yeah, it works. If, if really nobody smart understood about that, it. really, yeah, really. <laughs> if insightful. you didn't get it, you're... <laughs> so, uh, so today we're going to be talking about the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power TV show. So, Rings we just don't talk about movies. We also talk about TV shows because, well, we're kind of in the golden age of TV right now, where it's just blowing up. With that's where some of the you know best quality, best stories. I mean, you got a lot of high, you know, high level A people who are starting to do this stuff. So can't kind yeah, of ignore we, it anymore right in reality these series on hbo and the other streaming services netflix these are just 10 part movies yeah they, these these don't look like television of old no. at all so we we have no problem i have no problem dubbing this stuff cinema no not at all so lord of the rings rings of power and i know both of us are pretty big Lord of the Rings movie fans as well as have read the books. So um, I haven't gotten too deep on the other books. Um, so, you know, outside of the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I didn't read much of the others. So I've kind of done the synopsis of most of them uh, before I started watching a lot of these stuff. But right. so Ben, if you want to start us off, what do you think of the, the show? So flawed, mm. heavily flawed, not the first season that I think they wanted, mm-hmm. especially the the fan reaction. But it's still good. It's still good. It's it, it is. It's it just wastes its first four episodes. It moves. It moves it at uh, a snail's pace for no for no other reason that they just didn't want to spill more plot. Mm-hmm. Is kind of my take on it. But visually, it's. Stunning. It it looks to me. It kind of has a visual style that sits in between Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings and in between the way the Hobbit movies look. Mm-hmm. So it 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 feels pretty good the way they've the way they've shot it. And some of it seems a little too clean to me, especially compared to the movies, the original trilogy movies that kind mm-hmm. of a lived in look. It kind of lacks that sometimes. Things look a little too pristine. But it it's still a show I enjoyed, and it got better as it went. But man, was that a slog! The yeah. first three or four episodes were they lost a lot of audience, and and frankly, for good reason. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Where the first couple episodes, like I didn't, I caught it late, not late, but I didn't. I wasn't up to date. I wasn't watching it weekly, so I pretty much I think binged most of it and. Um, back-to-back episodes over over the span of a few days and definitely if i didn't have that i would have been lax to kind of finish it so again i'm a big lord of the rings fan the original trilogy i'm not a hobbit fan i think there's a lot that's heavily heavily flawed um some good good parts uh martin freeman is amazing i'll you know watch him as bilbo all day long but i think the problem is the rest of the stuff but this kind of had the same same thing was definitely very very slow they were doing, I think, a little too much world building that really didn't need to be there. And then there were some things they really didn't 
discuss that I felt like they did. Like for the longest time, the Southlands in the first epi- you know, the first few episodes, they don't really don't talk about locations of where the, it's just the Southlands. Um, and for me, that whole storyline, I had no problems with the Black Elf. I know that was a huge, big thing. Look in the re- re- reviews and stuff, but that whole storyline just was boring to me. Like it just didn't pull me in. And then was I think it was episode three when after they get captured and stuff, it was. Again, uh, if you watch the first episode, spoiler light. So if you haven't seen it, you will probably have some spoilers. But uh, we're gonna try not to do the major ones. So if you, you know, you can still kind of listen. But um, anyways, the, kind of the capture. That's when I started to be like, oh, okay, I kind of care about these characters. But for the most part, I was 100% in like, just give me more of Gladriel's story. Give me more of you know the Hobbit story. Um, that's what I'm interested in. The heart, the Hardfoots. Yeah, Hardfoots. Yeah, yeah. I'm admittedly not a not a huge Hardfoot fan. Oh, okay, yeah. But eh, I, I, Galadriel story, fine. As far as I'm concerned, they could have done the entire series with the dwarves, and I would have been oh happy. That that to me, that was where they felt the strongest. the the char- The characters, the environment. That's where it. And and frankly, the dynamic between, um, gosh, I'm I'm spacing here, man. I'm spacing no, Elrond. No, yeah, Elrond and oh, what's this is bad. Uh, this is bad. To, this th- these are the things that we very... need to like look at before. But uh, <laughs> quickly, I'm going to go. It's been a minute. Down. It's been a minute. We should have watched it again. Yeah, I, I would have skipped halfway. Um. Halfway through, oh man, Prince Durin. Um, Durin, Prince yeah. Durin the Fourth. Yeah, yeah. So the the relationship between Elrond and Durin is to me the most interesting of of any of the characters in the show. They're they're mainly because the actors are really good, mm-hmm. really good, and I would say by and large the acting is solid in the across the entire series, even though they they really went with unknowns yeah. everywhere. And I think they did it to keep the, because the budget was so crazy to begin with, with them buying the rights. I don't think they could afford a list talent. No. Well, I, and I love that they kind of dealt with the life expectancy between like elves and the dwarves and like how Elrond, like, I mean, they were very pronounced about like, you know, in the other series that they kind of talked about, there's they don't really talk about that of how they experience time differently. Um, but kind of for Elrond was like, you know, felt very much that, you know, he and Durin just saw each other like, oh, hey, yeah, blah, blah. But Whereas Durin's like 20, 20 years. Yeah. He's like, I my entire life has happened since I last saw you. Um, and so I, I kind of liked that, uh, you know that storyline at least, at least those story beats of being able to kind of discuss like how do these characters deal with this time difference of how they view time differently. So I uh, really, really enjoyed that. But yeah, you're right. The, I totally forgot about the dwarves and they were my favorite part really. So, I mean, I'm a sucker for dwarves love Gimli in the first, you know, set of, you know, trilogy. And that's the, you know, the Hobbit. I enjoy the dwarves part, part of it too, as well, though it does the last last one gets a little crazy but um, yeah now as far as as far as the central kind of plot point of rings of power which is where is sauron Mm -hmm. who is sauron and 
I don't know how I feel about them teasing that. It seemed pretty obvious by about the third episode on who that was. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of the one thing that the showrunners did right to generate some buzz, even after they lost a bunch of audience was the debates all over Reddit and other boards of who is Sauron. Yeah. You know, is he, is he even around? And they had a couple characters, main characters that felt like they could be Sauron. Yeah. Obviously by the end, they, they don't set it up as a big shocker, which I appreciated. I felt like they respected the intelligence of the audience by not making this, Oh, it's, you know, like a Scooby-Doo off goes the mask. <laughs> you know, it's old, it's old man withers, you know, yeah. they didn't do that. They've, they kind of spoon fed you, but then would deviate now and again to try to convince you that it was somebody else. And, and I appreciated that. I thought that was, I thought that was fun. Yeah. And then I, I kind of enjoyed in retrospect, how Soren was, was, was duping everybody. And it didn't yeah. follow the book no. specifically this, the, the Silmarillion, it did not mainly because there's some rights issues, if I'm not mistaken with what, how they could navigate that. And I don't think the, the diehards, the Lord of the Rings diehards understood that yeah. the limitations with where, where rights began and ended with when they, when they acquired the rights from the Tolkien estate to make this series, they were kind of boxed in, in some ways on creatively how they had to, to do certain things. And it's really unfortunate that that was the reality. And mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do with them not wanting, they couldn't infringe on the original trilogy on Jackson's yeah. trilogy. In fact, Jackson couldn't even consult because the lawyers basically told him, told them told amazon they they actually wanted to bring jackson in to screen it and stuff and and they did they reached out to him and said hey would you be interested and he was like yeah and then they had to ghost him yeah because the lawyers got involved and said you know you can't you can't bring him in this is that's a new line cinema deal it's a different different rights to different parts of the lord of the rings realm the world events it, it so if understanding that, I think I can roll with some of the faults of the series that it's some, some limitations it has because they were kind of operating in a box. Oh, and they're, and they're definitely not, you know, Bezos didn't get his game of Thrones killer, but what I, you know, what people forget is the first season of game of Thrones really didn't hit right until like halfway through the last latter third you know and like you watch those first couple episodes yeah there's some cool stuff but it's also slow because it's doing so much world building which right. i do think this show spend like really needed to rely on even though obviously it's way in the past they needed to rely on people having watched some of the lord of the rings or know something and so didn't have to do as much world building here and could have kind of pace those first couple episodes a little bit faster of you know just give us like we're in the past i mean like they did that whole little thing in the beginning i felt like that needed to be that was good like yeah. just get us into the action just get us into something interesting um and maybe even cut out an episode and make it an episode shorter um so that's i mean that's the problem i get a lot with these tv series that are trying to be 10 hour movies is like you're you're trying to hit 10 episodes or 
you know, 13 or something like that. And you really don't have the story for it. So you got to do filler. I mean, that was, you know, we always joked about Netflix bloat. I mean, everyone on the internet did when Netflix started first putting out TV series, they required it to be 13 episodes. And so right. if you didn't have that, you had to fill something and it became, well, slog through a lot of crap because. Yeah. And, and rings of powers is eight episodes. Yeah. The problem is they could have accomplished what, what transpires in probably six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would have so, been tighter and better and yeah. just... And they wouldn't overall. have lost the audience that they've lost. And mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to get them back. I mean, the the audience is... I think it's like 9 million versus like 54 million. And I don't know if that's streaming hours or... I'd have yeah. to look it up. But it's either streaming hours or some sort of audience measurement that they just released for streaming shows. Stranger Things was numero uno. Yeah. And it's like five, it's five times the, the audience that rings of power had. And the, and the list, by the way, is absolutely dominated by Netflix, which, which is no surprise. Yeah. But yeah, they could have, they could have done what they did in rings of power in the first season and probably six episodes. And it, it would have, it would have worked better, but that's easy for me to sit here and say, you know, with hindsight, well, and um, also I think um, – so lo- looking at it, it looks like they just released one episode um, and like the first episode and then did it from week to week. Oh, where, okay. I mean I – again, I didn't watch it. Like there were so many other stuff going on that I was just like I'd you know, let it sit and I'd catch up to it. Um, so uh, so I started watching them back to back, which was helpful. And I think that's helpful for any show because you can easily kind of forget if about you, a really bad episode. Yeah, and if you if, – if it's released – if it's a full drop yeah where you're you're not having to wait on weekly drops then you should consume you should go ahead and binge it yeah but um you lose a little bit of that conversation like that you would have had of like who's who's Sauron you know those kind of things but i think that what they needed to do much like apple tv plus or disney plus have done with newer shows where they drop two or three episodes immediately yeah. um you yeah. know uh, like I have to say, and like you and we'll, we'll get to it. We're going to definitely talk about a different thing, but I felt for me when Andor dropped, I watched all three episodes back to back and that's what, like, that's what Disney wanted you to do. And, 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 like there's a really, really, and there's a good reason for it too. But yeah, we, that is, that is, um, for sure a series. In fact, that's, that's the most exciting thing I want to talk about from 2022 yeah. with you is, is Andor. So we'll totally tease that, but yeah, yeah, I am. Rings of Power did go on a weekly drop, just like an HBO series. Yeah. Now you have the opportunity to binge it. But I think it would would have helped having the first two or three episodes dropped at the same time, yes. so you can kind of slog yes. through some of that, um, and not have a whole week of man, this was a terrible episode. Let me get to episode two, and then you have a whole other week of thinking episode two is really slow. Then three, right. whereas you can you can binge one, you know one through you know episodes one through three if they're slow. I remember, if I remember correctly, four is kind of where I started to peak up mm-hmm. a little more interest and was like, so you'd only have one week of this, you know, rough, and then you could still have eight, right? Which is a it catching fire more or less for what it is it kind of hitting its stride at episode three or four that's a pretty common theme with these these series yeah it's kind of that's pretty much they have to lay a lot of groundwork over two or three episodes before they give you your first big payoff yeah 
some of these shows are easier to get through the first two or three episodes than others. Not unfortunately, not everybody's constructed like a first season of Stranger Things where it just comes out of the gate, you know, just crushing it from the from the first episode on. The the if I recall the first episode of Game of Thrones was was okay, but it wasn't awe-inspiring. I mean, other than that intro. (laughs) Yeah, the intro was great, and then it was just boo. And if I'm not mistaken, they've just revealed that the 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 original pilot for Game of Thrones was a dumpster fire. Oh yeah. Total dumpster fire. And I forget who it was came in and they basically had to reshoot the, almost the entire thing, ditched some cast, hired others. Yeah. It was a mess. It was a mess. Yeah. So I think a lot of this is perspective and giving some grace here on how hard these shows are to make. Yeah. So, well, and you're also, I mean, how many fantasy series came out this year as well? I mean, I mean, that's been the whole new thing. Everyone's looking for kind of that game of Thrones. I mean, you had what well, the end of, 2021, you had the Wheel of Time series. Um, obviously, you had had House of Dragons this year as well that you're competing with. You had Willow coming out after Ring, you know, you know, Rings yeah. of Power. Um, and then you had the the Witcher series origin stories coming out. They're all trying to, you know, one get the- one of these catches fire, which was ga- which was the original Game of Thrones, and they even though it ended poorly, it the suits in the studios go. Holy smokes, we have to this is this is something we need to cash in on. And so all these series, all these fantasy series get greenlit all this at the same time. Yeah. Uh it would be the same as if you saw a Western series just blow up for five or six seasons. Yeah. You would see around so, season five or six, something another three of these things go into production. So I'm so glad that Western series did not blow up. My goodness. No, <laughs> yeah. that is a genre that I am just not interested in. But I it you know, it peaked in the fifties and sixties yeah, and yeah. some into the seventies and then and then you get some gems like Tombstone. But yeah, generally speaking, it's uh that's not a genre that's it's blowing no. up anytime soon. But back to the rings of power. Yeah, sorry. We're no, no. No, it's it's all good. For the most Where? part, I'd say. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go go ahead. You're, I was going to say for the for the most part, like we talked about, like a lot of no name actors. Uh, I was actually overall impressed by most of the quality of the acting. Um, there were a couple characters, a couple people who I was not happy with. I don't think they were terrible, but it definitely were not great. And I I was kind of it was like pulling teeth for me of just watching them like just chew through this. The, the script and just not hit right. the beats right or you know i'm not getting the emotional response i want uh i mean and there's a couple there's a couple people that uh that have been in other shows that i've seen i haven't really liked them in those shows so i'm i'm coming into seeing them in this with already some preconceived notions um of not really enjoying their performances but right um but i do the the definitely the guy who played during um oh my goodness what uh uh owain arthur he was fantastic like absolutely fantastic like you said the guy who played um uh, elrond was also really good um i even really liked the yeah the, robert the, robert aramayo played yeah. elrond yeah he's excellent um uh, the and I w- the actor that plays around is good yeah um ishmael cruz cordova he uh he's got great screen presence 
He does. He did seem so for me. It was very kind of one emotional track for the entire. Like it's not. He didn't really kind of go the range, and so no. I, and it, I, they they he's an elf soldier, so like I think they've written in really narrow range for him in season one. Yeah. I would expect to see more emotion from him in subsequent seasons. But the 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 camera likes the guy. I mean, yeah. he, he's got a good screen presence to him. I, I could see him doing well in things outside of this show, yeah, frankly. I, and what was cool is he was a Lord of the Rings fan since he was a little kid. Oh, that's awesome. And he'd always wanted to play an elf. So he yeah. was, it was like, why not? No, I thought he was good. I, th- I think, I think he was limited by how the character the was written. Yeah. And I, and I would actually say that that's true of Galadriel as well, but see, because I, think I, she, I actually think she's a good actress, but yeah, the character's super one dimensional until really until kind of the very end mm-hmm. of the first season. And that's kind of the case with a lot of these. They're, they're just, the writing is, the writing was kind of lacking. Well, in some mean, ways. It, the dialogue's it, not bad. No. But the character arcs aren't weren't great for the most part. Other than El- Elrond's arc was good, Durin's arc was good, Durin's wife's arc was good. Oh yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah, she's really good. Oh man, she's... so it, it's kind of hit and miss. It is. I with though to compare Arondir and Gladriel, like so Gladriel definitely was a one dimensional character until the end, like you said. But I think. Um, she definitely, the actress definitely played, had a little bit, she had the range to be, not the range, sorry, not the range, but her dialogue and kind of her story gave her a little bit more to, you know, flesh out the range. So we had different emotional beats that uh, Arondir really didn't have. And I don't, and like, I I completely agree with you. I don't think that was the actor at all. Um, But after a while, like, I just kind of was like, I don't care as much about you because I'm not, I'm just getting this kind of very level, you know, feeling yeah. from you and you're not hating this we're glad you had those moments of despair and moments of elation and quiet moments where ron Deere yeah. didn't really hit that but again i no. i agree with you i don't think it's the actor i think it's definitely the script and yeah and i think that's hard to separate sometimes is what yeah. is what is the actor what is is this an acting flaw or is this just not great writing and well, i would lean i would lean towards writing a lot of this and it's not a dialogue thing like I'm, I didn't have these big complaints about the dialogue in the show. No. It was more it was more characters going from you know point A to B to C to D and it there there wasn't a whole lot of peak and valley. It was just, like you said Arondir is mm, you know yeah. for too long for too too far into the season first season is he this just kind of stoic thing. Until the very end they start to kind of give him more Break reasons down, yeah. for having empathy, but I'll tell you the scene stealer, really the season one stealer is Joseph Maul as Adar. And oh. unfortunately he's not going to be back. He was, he played Benjamin Stark in game of Thrones. Oh, that's right. He yes. steals every scene he's in, in the first season of rings of power. And for whatever reason, I just think he's going to play a smaller role. The character is a smaller role. And so mm-hmm. he opted not to come back, which that's is a huge point. loss, but I think they felt like it would steal too much thunder from Soren. Now that Soren is revealed, he's going to be the main baddie. Adar was kind of the baddie that carried the first season, and Maul was a force in that yeah. role. Um, so hopefully see more stuff with him outside of this, 
but I'm, I'm going to miss that character. Really interesting. Probably the most interesting character by far uh, in the, in, in the first season of rings of power. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, they definitely built it more along the lines of him caring about, you know, as opposed to just wanting destruction and power. And so that was a nice kind of dichotomy from, you know, the typical Sauron or something else where it's like, I'd want power. I want to rule. And he was more like, I feel like, you know, like these are my kids. These are my, you know, you know, I'm responsible for them and I want them to be taken care of kind of a situation. So, right. Um, now going into the, the visuals, I thought I was really happy with the, the visuals in this in the show. Um, I, f- I liked the color. I know you talked, you know, a little bit about um, a little was cleaner than the other ones. I do felt I was also okay because it is definitely more a much more of a time of peace um, than so. You know, outside of Gladriel kind of going crazy, you know, everywhere, and then the Southlands kind of being kept down, um, I was fine with everything being a little bit cleaner, everything looking a little bit nicer because. You know, you were in a time of peace and prosperity kind of a situation. So, um, right. but I did like th- a lot of the color that was happening. And I really felt like it was uh, obviously a stark difference from Game of Thrones or some of these, uh, like others that are very muted colors, very, right. you know, browns Yeah, yeah. And it's a show certainly not afraid of its color palette, which yeah. if you'll not- notice a lot of, a lot of streaming shows now, heavens, they might as well be black and white. Because <laughs> all the they, I swear they've pulled so much color out of a lot of these shows, and I, I don't understand it. And yeah. admittedly, I, I'm not a colorist, but I, I do have color correction background from in in video and short films and some independent features and stuff, where I carried the colorist title, but that's that's not what I do now. But so yeah. I've got that perspective, and yeah, it drives me nuts. They pull the color out of these these shows, and so very refreshing in Rings of Power to have nice saturation and really good skin tones and everything felt vibrant and alive. And I think maybe my big complaint with it looking pristine is the reality that they did shoot a lot of this on, on stages and I can kind of tell, and that has a tendency sometimes to look too clean. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, the original trilogy Lord of the Rings, that was, that was almost all on location. Mm -hmm. Even the big sets they built were, were outside and it had, had a dirtier look. So very good looking show. Which I don't understand. I've heard people complain about the way Rings of Power looks, that they don't think it's a, a good-looking show and that the special effects weren't... I, I, I guess I don't see it. I, I think it's. I think it was one of the best-looking streaming series of of last year, I, yeah. along with Andor. But yeah. that's, it's a very <laughs> that's different... <laughs> it's a different aesthetic, though, you know, yeah. for, for, for fantasy that... I thought they nailed nailed the way things look. I had no complaints with that. No. It was definitely my favorite uh shot fantasy over the last couple of years. Um with like you know, like I said, with Wheel Time, with House of Dragons, and even going back to Game of right. Thrones. It definitely I f- I like the look of it a lot better than yeah. the others. Yeah, no, so. it looks it looks great no matter what you're playing it back on. I mean, yeah. I I watched I watched uh Rings of Power on my four K TV upstairs and then I've got a you know, I've got a HD projector down downstairs that i've watched i watched most of it on it looked it looked fantastic no matter what i played it back on and i can't always say that there's some episodes of game of thrones i can't i can't see i can't see the picture (laughs) they've 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 graded it so dark that i i can't tell what's going on it just looks like a muddy mess on my television and people are talking so 
I'm a little more sensitive to that than most. Well, I think our time clock is uh, rapidly approaching. Any final thoughts on Rings of Power? Um, I'm actually excited for season two. So, uh, again, while I didn't read a lot of the books, I am, you know, I do really like fantasy series. I've watched, um, you know, most of them, um, gotten through most of them, even if it's a slog. Um, but I do think, you know, with the last couple episodes of kind of where they're going, I, I'm excited to see where they take it here. Hopefully they kind of learn of stop doing, you know, some of the world building a little more action, a little bit slower, um, or not, not, not get rid of some of that slow parts. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think it's gonna be good. I think we're going to look back on the series after it's all said and done and, think it was good and think it was a good you know good overall yeah i think i think admittedly that the creators would admit that they didn't meet expectation with season season one and unfortunately they did lose a lot of people to it but i i i think people will forgive it if a second season comes bursting out of the gate and mm-hmm. they fix a lot of the issues which i feel confident that they will I, I really do. I think I think it'll be a season of of fixes, and I'm not talking about fan service. I'm just talking about story structure, pacing. That they're gonna realize, hey, we can move this thing along quicker than we did season one, and and people will be able to follow what's going on. And I I I do. I've confidence. I'm confident season two will be very very good. Yeah. I really I really am. I I just call it gut instinct, whatever what you will. I I think it's going to be really, really solid. So I'm looking forward to it too. Well, thanks again for tuning in to Cinema A to B. We will catch you on the next episode.